Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Continuing with previous messages. You see, John was a Jew who became a disciple of Christ. Apostle John was a Jew, he was an Israelite, and he knew what it means for an Israelite to become a child of God. It never happened before until Jesus came on the scene. So, under the old covenant, the Bible says you shall love the Lord your God. You start the process. Under the new covenant, he didn't ask you for anything. First John 4 verse 9. First John 4 verse 9, read it for me. And thus the love of God was manifested towards us. Toward us, not we showing love to God. The love of God was what? Manifested, demonstrated toward us. Hallelujah. That God has done what? Sent his only son. Now, how many of you will give your children to die for your friends? Especially if you have only one. One day somebody lost a child and brought a child to my house. That's where you see love. Wow. It was serious that day. Serious. Are you understanding me? It was serious. Listen, if you want to understand grace, you have to practicalize it. Me, I started last Sunday. I have only one biological child for now. So it was easy for God to teach me grace. I am too convinced about his love for me because even we human beings, none of you will give your only child. But the Bible said, the love of God was manifested to us that, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live. He should die so we might live. Verse 10. Verse 10. He said, in this is love. Not that we love God, like the Old Testament. The Old Testament says, you shall love the Lord, you shall love the Lord, you shall love the Lord, you shall love the Lord. The New Covenant says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loves us. Say one more time to yourself. He loves me crazily. He loves me dearly. He loved us and sent his son. I'll show you another scripture. Romans 5, we read from verse 6. I like the analogy of Paul. You know what Paul said? He said, even if there is a righteous person who needs to be saved, whose life needs to be saved, none of us will give our children to die for a righteous person. From verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for who? For who? It would have been better if they had said he died for the godly. That's grace. Grace is Christ died for the ungodly, for the criminal, for the sinner, for the prostitute, for the armed robber, for the drunkard, the drug addict. Christ died for the ungodly. Were we all not like that? Verse 7, he says, For scarcely for a righteous man will somebody be willing to die. That, oh, this guy is a good guy, so I'll give my life for him. How many of you would do that? <laughs> oh, this guy is a good guy. He doesn't need to die. Bible said, even for a righteous person, it is scarce. It is scarce to see somebody giving his life to die for a righteous person. Yet, perhaps for a good one, someone would try. 
Paul said, well, once in a while we may hear that somebody has given himself to die for a good man, person. But look at verse 8. He said, but God demonstrates his own what? Love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, listen, God's love for you started when you were a sinner. It didn't start when you started coming to church. God's love for you didn't start when you, start, when you stopped drinking. It started when you were drinking. Are you listening to me? God's love for you started when you were messing around your life, doing all the sinful things, you know, doing every bad thing. He loved you. My question is, how much more now that you are coming to church and serving him and following him, how much more would the love be? Oh, I don't know about you, but he loves me. And I don't apologize about it. He loves me. Nobody else may ever love me, but he loves me. My parents may not love me, but he loves me. You know, the love of God can compensate for anything that you were deprived of when you were growing up. You can draw strength from his love to cater for everything. Your father wasn't there for you. He's there for you now. And he loves you more than your father could, could ever have done for you when he was there. Now, every good parent wants the best for his children. Is that not true? I came to tell you that God wants the best for you. Don't settle for the less. If it is not the best, it is not coming from God. Then to them, if it is not the best, then it's not mine. Amen. Tell him, I don't know about you, but as for me, I know I deserve the best. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. He said, if which of you, if your child asks you for bread, you give him stone. That's Jesus talking. If your child say, I want to eat fish, especially the, the ones you love. Say, daddy, I want fish, and you have it, not that you don't have. You give him a snake. Even if you don't have the fish, will you still give him a snake? You won't do that. So why do you always get suspicious of God? Christianity has become a religion of suspicion. We are always suspicious of God because of the way we have been oriented about God. We are always suspicious of God. Everything God said we should do, we are suspicious. Because we don't understand that he loved us. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Verse 11, I like this. This is one of the scriptures that has revolutionized my life the past two years. Because the Lord spoke to me and said, whatever you don't wish for your daughter, I don't wish it for you. That is simple. It makes it very simple. Think about the good thoughts you think about your children. How you love them. If they are sick, you can't sleep. If your children are sick, you can't sleep. Can you? Even if you are angry with them and you don't talk to them, you are still watching if somebody wants to bully them. Don't you? I may be angry with my daughter, but you still have to be careful how you handle her. For those of you who are plenty, I understand you. And you too, you don't understand me. Many times I, I look at parents and I said, you don't understand. If you understand me, you will not complain about my behavior. Because I watch my daughter everywhere she is, unless it's, not in, it's within my range. I am concerned who shakes her, who taps her back, if I'm very concerned. I'm concerned who talks to her. I am concerned what it is. Who gave you that toffee? I want to know. The Bible said, if you being evil, me, Hubert, even me, with all my human nature, I know how to take good care of my daughter. How much more? Oh, if I don't have money to pay my child's school I'll sell this shoe and pay her fees. How much more will God not want to bless me with the best car, the best house, the best life? How much more wouldn't he want to bless me 
with the best of everything. If it's not the best, I don't want it. It's not coming from my father. That is why you can always afford to wait. When you understand it, you can afford to wait until the best comes. You don't rush for the less. Somebody lift up a right hand and say, I'm a child of God. I have no apologies for that. My heavenly father loves me. He cares about me. And he loves me. I deserve the best. I will always have the best. Because I am a child of God. And it's too late for the devil. The devil can't do anything about it. Because I'm a child of God now. Amen. It means that even when I do wrong, he loves me. Can I say that again? Even when I do wrong, he loves me. Because his love for me is not conditional. My doing the wrong thing does not stop me from being a child of God. Even when I do the wrong thing, he still what? Some of you have problems because now the old teachings, the old wrong teachings are fighting what I'm telling you. Even when you do wrong, he still loves you. Otherwise, we will question when did the love start? Did it start when you became perfect or it started when you were a sinner? How many of you agree with my logic? But listen, what makes me excited about God is that I understand that he loved me even that time. But listen, God loves you, but it doesn't mean he endorses your wrongdoing. Now listen, God's love for us does not imply that he endorses the wrong things we do. Now, how many of you have taught your children not to tell lies? Let me see. Now, if you catch and you will always catch them lying, does that make you decide he's no more your child? No. But are you happy that he's lying? No. Do you get my argument? So when you do wrong, he still loves you, but he's not happy with you. Now, the question is, why is he not happy? Okay, maybe before we get to why is he not happy, why is it that when you catch your child lying, you are not happy? Why? Why is it that if you catch Ken lying, you are not happy? Okay, why do you want him not to be a liar? Why is he bad? Because if you tell your child if you lie is bad, you've done nothing. And that's the preaching we hear in church. Why is it that I won't want my daughter to be a liar? Because when he grow up, grows up with a lying habit, it will not be good for his success and his future. Is it not true? If your children are stealing, you love them, but you, you teach them not to steal. Why? You don't want them to grow as thieves. Because when they grow as thieves, hello? They will, not be, will they be successful? Will they do well in life? So the reason why you, when you catch him lying, you are not happy, is even because of your concern for what? His future. So, this is it. God loves you and I. It, it, that one, there's, not, nothing, um, there's no argument about it. But he doesn't want you to keep doing the wrong thing. You know why? Because doing the wrong thing will make you a failure in life. So, the reason why God won't want you to do the wrong thing is for your own good. If God doesn't want me to be an adulterer, it's for my own good. You know how much adultery can do to a pastor? When you look at recent events... In the media, one adultery. You know what harm it can cause. So you, you see that it is intelligence. It is not about obedience to God's command. It is, it is intelligence that a pastor like me, I should not do what? Commit adultery. 
Because God still loves you, Pastor Hubert. But your name is out there, social media. And social media is interesting now. Every part of the world, they can see what you did in a minute. Australia to New Zealand to Cape Town. Everybody is seeing it. And your hard-earned reputation for a lifetime, you ruin it because of one girl. Do you think God wants you to not accommodate adultery so that he will be happy? No, it's for your good. It's for your good. Think about, think about what your children will go through at school. When your children's classmates read that thing, even those who didn't read your social media, they heard it in, on, on the radio stations. Yeah. They heard it even on TV stations. Think about what your children will go through. What about your wife? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, one mistake can cause you a lot of damage. See, when you think like that, eh, you realize that someone like me, I'm not coming adultery because I want to please God. I want to save myself and save my reputation and save my ministry. It's not cheap. The ministry God has given is not cheap. You see, when you understand grace this way, you don't need an advice to do the right thing. One lie you told can cost you a lifetime fortune. When the most important person in your life finds out that you, you cannot be trusted. I mean, you, you've lost it all. And some people, just once, you are gone. You are done. God can open doors for you. His own love for you can open doors for you. Say amen to that. By your own bodies, we close the door every time. All of us here, listen, God loves all of us equally. The same blood that was shed for you, shed for me. But how many of you treat your children differently? We all treat people equal. Let me say it better. We are supposed to treat people equal, isn't it? But do we treat people the same? No. What is the issue? Trust, all right? The question I want to ask you is, God loves you. Can he trust you? You are his child. If you have children who have a license, can you give them a car to drive? You have children who are grown-ups and they have a license. They know how to drive. Can you give them a car to drive? You give them a car to drive? Yes, of course I will. Buy them a car to drive. What about the one that is so young he can't drive? Will you give him a car to drive? Does it mean you don't treat all of, the, all of them equal? They are all equal, but they are not the same, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I want to say that we are all children of God. We are equal in his presence. But he doesn't treat us the same. If he can't trust you with something, he will never give it to you. God needs to trust you. You know, there are people you cannot trust, but they are still your friends. Do you have some friends that are, they are good guys, except that they, they have an issue you, you, you can't trust. Some of them, you can't trust them with your secret because they, their weakness is that they have a, a problem with their mouth. And that takes us to the, the third thing, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. The important thing about the Holy Spirit, which we take for granted, is that in the Old Testament, not everybody had access to the Holy Spirit. Only the prophet, the priest, and the king had the Holy Spirit upon them. But in the New Testament, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, I'll pray to my Father, and he will send you the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you forever. So the Holy Spirit is not something which you take for granted. It's a precious thing that people sought for, cried for, desired for. And never got it. But we got it freely. I said we got it freely. We didn't pay any money for it. We got it freely to be with us. John 14 verse 16. John 14 verse 16. Can you read it for me? And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. That he may abide with you for how long? 
Forever. Somebody say forever. Forever. Read on. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. It says what? The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. But you will receive him. And you have him now. Amen? Amen. If not for the grace of God, you and I should not have the Holy Spirit. He is called Holy Spirit. Under the old covenant, it was so precious. Nobody could have it. But under grace, God freely gave the Holy Spirit to you and I. He said, for you know him. Read the rest for me. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things. Somebody say the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Amen. Let me say these few things. God designed life to operate by principles. Let me say that again. God designed life to operate on earth by principles. So for life to do well or not do well is subject to principles. So the fact that God loves you does not mean that those principles have been set aside. Now, every one of us here, God loves you. Say amen to that. But if you touch the life cable over there, you will be electrocuted. Why? Because of a principle at work. A principle says that you can't touch a bare cable. You can die, even though God loves you. The truth I want to say today is that there are many Christians that are still suffering, even though God loves them. So why did God give the Holy Spirit to all of us freely? Because he loves us so much, he doesn't want us destroyed. So he gave the Holy Spirit to do what? To teach. To teach you principles of God. And how does he do that? Using the scripture. Amen. So the same way you sit your children down, you advise them because you want them to do well in life. Hello? Why do you advise your children? So that they will do well in life. So that they will have a good future. So that they will be successful people. You teach them, you train them. God loves you so much. You are his child. He gave you the Holy Spirit to teach you, train you, so that you will do well in life. And what the Holy Spirit uses to teach you is the Word of God. Can I have a Bible? Listen, this book is God's special gift to his children whom he loves. This book contains principles that will make any child of God successful. Anyone without the Holy Spirit can read it. It will just be like a storybook. They will not understand it. But you who have the Holy Spirit, when you open it to read with the right mindset, he will teach you every day. Bible says he will teach us how many things? All things. Marriage, good marriage, good business, prosperity, your finances, how to have good health. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will tell you, wake up and go for work on Saturday morning when the church is going for work. Yeah, because that is one way you can be healthy. When you neglect your health, you are the cause. God cannot be blamed. Do you know why many of us don't read the Bible? Because we're told to read it. The one thing human beings hate is to be told to do things. But the Holy Spirit, he will tell you that this book contains truths that will help you. When you have that understanding, you don't need supervision to read it. And when you carry this book, you won't see it as the taskmaster's manual. 
You know, some of us, we hate this book. Because anytime we open it, we feel condemned. The purpose of the Bible is not to condemn you. It is to show you how your life can become great. This is what God told Joshua. Listen, even under the law, it was obvious, only that they didn't have understanding. My favorite scripture in the Bible is Joshua 1.8. It says, this book of the law shall not what? Depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. And then you shall observe to do how many? All that is written in it. And when you do that, what will happen? You shall, you shall make God happy. You shall make God happy. You shall please God. Listen, the purpose of the Bible is not for us to please God. The purpose of this book is so that you shall what? Make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. May you be successful in life. May you be great in life. Now listen, you will not be successful because God loves you. Never. How many of your children will be successful because you love them? Never. Will your children pass the exam because you pay their fees? They have something to do, isn't it? So you've done your part. You love him. You take him to the best school. You pay. Having to see rich people's children becoming wayward. And that's what is happening in the church. God loves you so much. He spoils you with love. But you're messing up your life. Hallelujah. Because what's messing up? We don't even know that. We are doing it at our own detriment. Amen? Amen. This morning, I want to say, God loves you so much, he wants to see you successful. But he is not responsible for it. You are responsible for your success. If you are willing, the Holy Spirit will teach you. He will teach you why it is wisdom to have no sex before marriage. Then you don't need supervision. He will teach you why lying is not good. He will teach you. He will teach you. He will teach you. He will teach you why adultery is not good. He will teach you why integrity, you cannot compromise it. Integrity. He will teach you that when you have a good character, it earns you a good reputation. And a good reputation will earn you a good name. And a good name is better than riches. The Holy Spirit will teach you that. That when you earn yourself a good name, it will pay off tomorrow. The Holy Spirit will teach you that God loves you crazily. And that you also extend that love to other people. That's why Jesus, when he came, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That is the new covenant. Amen. Listen, everything that under grace in the New Testament, everything is premised on understanding God's love for you. Everything. It changes the understanding about everything. The understanding about scripture, how you pray. Even, let's look at how we go into God in prayer. You are lobbying as if, will God hear me? Will he not hear me? Question is, do your children do that? Do your children come wondering, hey, this one, what is going to happen today? They, they, they just rush in, don't they? Some of you, they don't even knock before they bump into the bedroom. Praise the Lord. The way we pray, the way we live our lives, everything. The Holy Spirit will make you understand that God's love for you is not conditional, but you still need to know how to conduct your life in a way and manner that will make you successful. He loves you, but if you are lazy, you will never be rich. You will never be promoted away. Because God can't trust you without position. You will mess the company up. Because he loves you, but you are lazy. Amen. Yeah, you are lazy. You are the last to get to work. Speaking in tongues. Singing, yes, Jesus loves me. 
Yes, he, he does love you, but that promotion will not get you because you are lazy. He will teach you that pride will not take you anywhere. The Holy Spirit will teach you that hypocrisy can only last for now. That whoever you are will sow. And so you can't pretend forever. You just have to be yourself. Whoever likes you should like you. Whoever doesn't like you can go is go. Amen. I'll make you a free person. Like me for who I am. Because you will get to know who I am, by the way. So just like me for who I am. Don't be, don't be pretend. The Holy Spirit will teach you that stealing will cost you more than what you gain. Stealing. It will cost you more. It will cost you your reputation. It will cost you opportunities. And the worst thing is that it will spoil your name. How many of you want to be called a thief? You hate it, I know. It will destroy your name. Lift up your right hand and say, I'm a new creation in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am righteous because of the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid the full price for all my sins. All my sins have been fully punished on the cross. On the cross. I am righteous not because of my goodness. Not because of my perfection. I am righteous because of the goodness of Jesus. Because of the perfect work of Jesus on the cross. I know my heavenly father, he loves me. He loves me with an unconditional love. He loves me unconditionally. He loves me all the time. He loves me every day. He loves me with the best love. He loves me with a love no human being can ever give me. I am loved by my heavenly father. People may not love me, but he loves me. People may hate me, but he loves me. People may dislike me, but he loves me. People may fight me, but the father loves me. He loves me unconditionally. I deserve the best. I deserve the best. My heavenly father has the best for me. From today, I enjoy the best. I expect the best. I receive the best. I experience the best because of the grace. Because of the grace. Because of the grace. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. I am full of wisdom. I am full of intelligence. I am not ignorant. I am not a fool. In the name of Jesus, I am full of intelligence. I have understanding. In the name of Jesus, I declare, I declare, I declare, I declare, I shall be successful. I shall be great. I will do all I can to know what is right, to do what is right, to be successful and be great. In the name of Jesus. In my lifetime, in my lifetime, the world will hear about me because of the grace of God. The world will know me because of the grace of God. I will prosper because of the grace of God. I will live long because of the grace of God. I will live healthy because of the grace of God. My life will go forward because of the grace of God. I cannot fail because of the grace of God. I cannot fail because of the grace of God. I cannot be poor because of the grace of God. I cannot fail because of the grace of God. I cannot fail because of the grace of God. I cannot be poor because of the grace of God.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands if you believe it. Hallelujah. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.